Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to talk about the mission of Glam Girl. And I wanted to start with just Chris's journey as a competitor and how that kind of led her her background into what led her into coaching. It's been a hot second since we kind of talked about that. I think it was probably four years ago on our first episode. <laughs> yeah. Something close to that. Um, but we've we've changed a lot as a company and um, as people we've grown in mm-hmm. the industry and the sport and um, with our careers, you know, going down, um, you know, a path, uh, I feel like, I've seen a lot of growth in you um, as a coach over these last four years. And um, I just kind of wanted to share with the audience that journey because I don't feel like we've completely like told your coaching story. Sure. Completely. Um, Yeah. Okay. So first of all, we started together. Do you remember what year you did your first OCB competition? 2015. Okay. And then your second one was? 2016. Yes. And then we did your first NPC in 2017, correct? Yes. Yes. I was a one time a year competitor. (laughs) (laughs) And then your second regional competition was in 2018. Yep. And then we did two national shows and you won your pro card in 2018. Yeah. It was a good year. Yeah. And then you did your pro debut that same year as well in September. Agreed. Yes. 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 And so since that time, I remember exactly the moment I, it was after (laughs) North Americans that Sunday after the show or whatever day it was, because sometimes I don't know, bikini goes during the week, whatever. (laughs) So I have no concept of, you know, what it's like in Harry Potter land. Um, I always call it Hogwarts there at the Sheraton. In Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, so the next morning after you won your pro card, we were sitting in the lounge at the Sheraton. And I remember you just like looking at me and be like, hey, let's grow this thing. <laughs> let's grow <laughs> Glam Girl. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I had been, I had started the company in 2017. So mm-hmm. when, yeah, we, when we trained for the, your first NPC show, that's like, the first inception of the business and then yeah. basically a year later because I started it in July of 2017 um okay. basically like a year later we you know because North Americans lands around Labor Day weekend and yeah um so yeah basically a year of being in business you went pro and mm-hmm. um yeah so tell the audience about like what was going through your mind um throughout these years of Sure. You know, and kind of give them your background of like what you were doing career wise too at that time and how that all kind of like shifted. Oh, yeah. So I would say 2017 when I was preparing for my first MPC show was the the year of realizing that everything like this was a lifestyle Um, because prior to that, I would contact Amy and be like, okay, I have 12 weeks, like get me ready. (laughs) And like, that was my mindset. It was very like black and white and, you know, communicating with Amy Moore 
allowed me to realize that this is like a lifestyle and it took me all year to get ready for that show in 2017 um just to like come back from you know putting overshooting my body fat after my last show and getting uh, my health in order so it was a long journey and it gave me the perspective um, or the experience that I do apply to coaching now because I understand some people when they start prep or they start with a coach they come in and it it's almost like a process that uncovers a lot of issues uh, whether they're physical or you know like uh, a mentality perspective so it takes a lot and so that's what 2017 was for me. 2018 was um, a, a personally very difficult year. Um, I was working, I think, I was personal training. I was nannying. Um, I was doing some direct sales business. I I think I had like... I forgot about I worked nannying. At, I forgot about that, but I remember that yeah. was the thing. Yeah. So I, I had like five... I think because I was working in more than one gym um, and I was just, yeah, I was doing a lot and I still continued uh, like prepping with Amy. Um, So in that aspect, I understood like what it's like to be overextended and still trying to like accomplish this goal. So, so many, there's like not one person I feel like left in this world that is like, I have nothing to do, but prep, we get, um, female athletes that are moms and they have like all these other responsibilities or people in school. Uh, so like in that aspect that year taught me a lot of what it's like to juggle a lot of things and how to make prep fit within that type of schedule. Um, and then personally, it was just very hard for me. I was in a relationship that was very toxic and I did not have a good support system. That relationship had kind of um, caused like a, a barrier between um, other, like my family and positive relationships. So it was like, it was very challenging in a lot of aspects, but it taught me a lot. And like in the middle of my prep for turning pro, <clears throat> no, it was right before my first team show with glam girl. Yeah. I was engaged and my fiance had broken off our engagement. And I remember thinking like, how am I going to do all of this? Like, how am I going to do my, cause I was emotionally devastated. This is someone I had been with for a long time. And I thought this was my future. And I remember getting on the phone with Amy <laughs> because I remember saying like, I don't know if I could do this team show. Like I'm four weeks out this is like too much. I'm emotionally like overextended and you were so kind to me and very understanding and just reassured me that this was going to be a positive addition to what I had going on. And that I think is something that I carry with me and making sure that clients are experiencing the sport of bodybuilding and this lifestyle is adding value to them. Cause it did, it did that for me. Mm. Um, when things were like unstructured or they, they felt a little bit chaotic, this was something that was like, I knew I had to wake up every morning and like have my breakfast and go to the gym and work out. And like, I had goals that I knew that I could accomplish without having to be like 
emotionally connected. And I think that gave me some stability to be able to heal and still like progress as a human being because it kept me going. And then I would show up at shows and, um, you know, get to spend time with Amy and have a coach that invested in me and cared about me and be with my teammates that were like excited and in the journey with me. And I had like a personal connection that was healthy. And then I would, you know, step on stage, which is terrifying and very vulnerable, but it showed me that I was strong and that I could do something that I felt uncomfortable doing. And yeah, it was just kind of like that. Yeah. It was just kind of that process of like really developing myself as a whole well-rounded person and bodybuilding and the sport and working with you, Amy, and being part of the team has really allowed me to grow in that capacity. And so I think that's like a very important part of our mission at Glam Girl is to like not only make sure bodybuilding is adding value to you and your lifestyle, like we're not going to ignore that you have a lot of responsibilities and that you have a career that maybe doesn't allow for a lot of like extra physical activity. Like we pay attention to those specifics um, because that's what you did for me, Amy, is you like paid attention to what was going on in my actual lifestyle. Um, and that's what made me excited to coach. And that's why I was like, man, this experience has made such a difference in my life and my mentality and has taught me a lot. And I want to be able to be part of that journey for other people. And that's why I asked to be under Amy's mentorship and start as a coach. And yeah, that's how I got started with Glam Girl. Oh, that just like yeah. makes me so it makes my heart just like oh so warm. <laughs> um, yeah, you're the sweetest. So I remember saying, I just want to treat you like a queen, and I want you to yes. feel like special, like you deserve to be treated queen mm-hmm. for the day. Um, so yeah, I remember you brought your friend as well, and um, yeah, yep, yeah. I mean. It was a great experience um, to share that team show with you because I really, we knew each other from a different business. So we'd see Mm -hmm. each other in passing, but um, it wasn't like, I never got to be at any of your other shows prior to that. So that made it really special that I got to like, and I remember distinctly like my so everybody has like a little bit of a different factor. So I knew I, mm-hmm. I told you like you could go pro, um, mm-hmm. you know, like you yep. have the potential for sure. Like the work ethic, the genetics, but I remember seeing you pose on stage and it was like so captivating. You just mm-hmm. had this it factor that I was Aww. like, okay, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> And that doesn't, you know, you can't really see that performance, like, truly, unless it's, like, in person, you know. So I was so grateful that you spent the time and effort to get there um, because it was so meaningful for you to be here and um, for us to be able to be, like, a group of women that are just, like, like like-minded that Mm – yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I, it was like, it was the best. So, um, <laughs> so it anyway. was definitely, 
Yeah, go ahead. it changed a lot. No, I was going to say it was a it was a very good moment that changed a lot. I think making that first step being on the team show. Yeah. So as far as your why of coaching, it sounds like you mm-hmm. just kind of shared that with us, which is a beautiful story. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. When you take into account like your like you were saying you take into account your client's life and um, everything mm-hmm. that they've got going on and what does that look like for you today and how does yeah. how did that change like throughout the years and your growth um, as a coach like what are some lessons maybe that you learned that um, sure. along the way to just kind of develop <laughs> your coaching Yes. So in the beginning, um, I think coming from like a personal training background, uh, where you do get that FaceTime one-on-one where you get to talk to people. Um, but there's also like a system in place to help that client advance. I think I very much focused on where my weaknesses were, were, and that was in like trying to figure out how to, learn like the nutrition aspect of things and the training and like how to set up a program and like how what am I supposed to be like telling these people I remember people would send check-ins and I'd be like I don't have like no idea what to respond to this which was great to have the mentorship um because I wanted to like I said I had the heart of like wanting to give people the absolute best but when you don't have developed a certain skill set like that's where you need to learn. That's like for anybody in any career. So um, it it was good to work in tandem with you, Amy, and learning some like how to communicate, what things to look for, um, and like and how to make adjustments. That was the other thing too. It was like, okay, how often should I be like making changes? Or uh, it's really an art. I think coaching and prepping an athlete is an art. So. Um, that's kind of like where I started. And then once I got some traction into understanding like the process, um, I really just try and understand the person. I think that the thing that has, that I've changed personally in my coaching strategy that has benefited me the most is, um, allowing people a part in their prep, like, I don't want to just be your boss and tell you what to do. And like, here are the hard and fast rules, like suck it up too bad. Like that's not how I coach. And personally, that's, I would never want to be coached that way. So that's not what I would um, do with a client. There are times where as an empathetic person, I've had to be more assertive and tell people like, I know that it sucks, but this is what it takes. And I know that you're stronger than this. And like, sometimes we have to have the come to Jesus moments where it's like, you're stronger than this. We need to suck it up. But for the most part, that's few and far between because I really encourage people to communicate with me um, and tell me like what, what is going on like stress wise or elaborate on where you're struggling because I think when people have a voice in their prep and they can feel heard one, they're never hiding anything from me because they feel comfortable to just come out and say, like, I am really struggling with this. I fall off the wagon. Like, here's where I need some help. 
um, because then that allows me to kind of help give them tools and um, we can talk through some of the problems to correct it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of like rambling, but I think the main point is that I think clients should have a voice and they should have options and they should be able to talk to me about their prep and the more open communication we have, the more we're always on the same page and we're moving towards the same target, the more comfortable they feel. And I feel like the more that they, they trust me. So I think in the beginning, I felt like I had to have all the answers. And then as I've evolved as a coach, I look at it a little bit more collaboratively. And I think that's brought a lot of success um, as far as people enjoying the process and getting the results. Yeah, they probably have a lot more buy-in and they're yeah. uh, more invested in their own prep because when you empower somebody to make a decision about that, right. like they're basically making a commitment <laughs> to, yeah. you know, they're choosing this. Um, can you give us like a, a tangible example of what that would look like if someone was coached by you and just like a generic example of what that looks like, how you collaborate with that that client specifically yes exactly um so I mean if we're talking about like things in prep um a lot of times like people's nutrition um I don't like it to be super rigid like for example um if someone is feeling like you know they're in their improvement season and they're getting really tired of tracking macros and they're just feeling like they're constantly having to hit this target. It's causing them stress. Um, we talk through like what would be good options. Like, would it be better if you had an, you know, one untracked meal and we talk about what that untracked meal looks like. So it's not just like they have, they just can have a free for all. Like, let's talk about what is a healthy way to not have to focus on the details and, and analyze what you're eating, but to actually enjoy it and it still be positive for your your prep um where and some people will be like no way that's way too much freedom it makes me anxious let's say okay well what about if we track protein and i give you a calorie goal so we make sure we're getting adequate protein for you know the muscle growth that we want to see but you have a little bit more freedom on one or two days where you can you know be a little bit more flexible with carbs and fats um and again, this is like person dependent. I can't, no, not one of my clients has the same program or the same approach because, and I've tried to like share certain things, but um, everybody just really needs something different. So in that <clears throat> capacity, that's like a, probably a good example. Um, Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So what would you, back in 2018, so... What would yeah. you now today tell your 2018 coaching self before you got started? Oh my gosh, such a good question. Um, I would probably tell her that everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I would probably tell her just to be patient with the process. Um, I like to be relatable as po- as as much as possible with my clients. And I think being a coach is really hard. Like for me, and I know for you too, Amy, like 
um, there's a huge investment in the person. Like you want them to have everything that they want. You want them to succeed. You don't want them to be hungry. You want them to be happy. Like you want them to feel good the entire time. And it's, people are human and I'm not happy the entire time. So it's unreasonable for me to expect my client to be content all the time. So um, I think that's just something that I would tell my myself as an empathetic person that like, if someone's unhappy, like it's okay. Um, you know, communicate with them, do your best to get them, you know, feeling better or improving or like use it as a learning experience for the two of you to figure out that person's prep and maybe not take it so personally. Um, cause I would say that was one thing that I would struggle with. Um, and just taking it very personal, how that person was experiencing prep or how they were feeling about their outcome. Um, because I want everyone to win the overall and everyone to feel like on top of the world, but that's just not the reality of of what's possible. So we do our best and we learn from the experience. And it's like what I tell my clients, I feel like I would need to tell myself the same thing. Yeah. What do you think sets you apart from other coaches that don't compete and that don't walk the walk. Yeah. So I would always say that that is a, it's difficult to juggle both coaching and competing at the same time. I have a lot of respect. Like Amy, you do that. I know there's a lot of coaches that do that. Um, It's really difficult, but I do believe that it adds a different element because you know what it's like to get 15 to 17,000 steps. Like you understand how that feels on your body. Um, For example, you understand what it's like to gravitate towards food volume because you're feeling really hungry. So like the things that I pick up on myself, like different training strategies, I have fun experimenting because then I can directly relate it to my clients. So I would say there's definitely a a special element of your coach walking through exactly what you were going through and having that relatability and also being able to provide different tools and strategies because the more you go through it, I think the more you learn and the more you come up with things that you're like, Oh wow, that was like so smart. That really helped me not have cravings. Let me pass this on to my clients. So you're kind of like always learning and having new information to share with people. Yeah, I like that. Is there anything that you feel like sets you apart as a coach when it comes to teaching, posing, or putting together your clients' workouts? Because you kind of touched on the nutrition piece of it, how you collaborate and all that. Like how do you, um, you know, I'll, I'll just give this example to the audience because sure. I witnessed uh, the product of your posing. Uh, one of the clients, you know, last week or the week before, I forget which one it was, she's getting ready for the team show coming up here in November. And she comes over once a month to get her body fat scanned. And there's always, you know, they get every client at Glam Girl gets 30 minutes um, here at the Glam Lab to get that Fit 3D scan. But there's always like that 15 minutes you're waiting for the scan to process. So I always just run them through their posing. So I've been posing with this individual for several years and, um, I just saw a huge difference in her 
technique from the floor up and just like mm. the way she was like hitting everything and she's like I don't know what it is she's like just at the <laughs> classes Chris just makes you know posing so fun and she's so like upbeat and she just makes it make sense to me and Aww. I was like I could just totally tell that I mean her her posing routine just looked so different so oh that's tell great. us your secrets no I'm just kidding oh yeah no I think um I definitely took a different approach to posing um recently than I have in the past in the past I'd very much look at it as like kind of like a dance routine where it's like very artistic and expressionary and like you just try and mimic that while keeping like this perfectly looking physique where um I've taken more of a technical approach um and that a lot of a lot of that has come from one my scoliosis like just because I have that curvature in my back my skeletal structure is imbalanced so I know that I need to do some specifically very strange things with my body to make me look uh, symmetrical or balanced. And uh, so it's, you know, having that challenge has forced me to come up with some new strategies and to look at things a little bit differently. And then the second thing is um, I've just noticed a lot of, or I've, yeah, so in my training, um, there's like three parts that I really notice people, including myself, struggle with that can help improve their posing. And a lot of that is scapular control. And I think a lot of people don't think of that. They think of like, I need to build delts. I need to have like um, nice wide back. But if your scapula can't uh, like move, it inhibits like some muscle growth because you're not getting the same like lengthening and contraction of the muscles you're trying to build and also like can build other things like your traps i've noticed that like you can get really tight yeah (laughs) yeah and then it makes it hard to pose because if you have overdeveloped traps your scapula can't move now you can't get your shoulders back in your back pose you can't like make your rear delts as prominent it can you can look like you're kind of like um, falling forward in your front pose a little bit where you're not standing up nice and tall. So I think small aspects like that, like a forgotten joint can really make a big impact. And so like I look at um, posture and mobility, I'll give people exercises um, to do in the gym to kind of like loosen up the scapula or um, like work on the, like bring down the traps And then the two other things that I noticed the most are the core. So like how we're training our core to remain solid um, throughout the transitions. Cause that's the one thing I'll notice is like they're doing the right steps and their, their limbs are doing the right thing, but the core is changing throughout the transitions. And we want that to stay as tight and um, as, you know, beautiful as possible so like we go through like some core exercises and I talk to them about, you know, what that should feel like and some progressions and how to do, I do have vacuums a little bit differently than I think a lot of people. So I'll go through that. And then the other thing is just like pelvic position. So like knowing when you should have an extreme anterior pelvic tilt, um, knowing how to contract or relax certain muscles to put your pelvis in the right position in different transitions. So 
there's a lot like I could go on and on and on, but I think taking a technical approach is something that's lost in posing and has actually helped people get like those fundamentals down. And then we can just add the embellishments. Um, so okay. yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. Yeah. So going a different direction, we only have a couple minutes left, but yeah. I wanted to ask you this question because I, you know, I think it's pretty relevant in terms of your attendance at every national show, yes. um, your attendance at shows in general, staying after for judges feedback. Mm-hmm. What do you think that does for you over the years? Like how fast do you develop as a coach doing those kind of things? Or, you know, what can you share with our audience that how like that can basically, you know, impact your coaching abilities? Yeah. So I think like, especially being an online coach, like most coaches are online. Um, you that that time where you see that person live is very limited um and the most valuable time i i personally think to be able to see them it's like that snippet of time you prep all year and that snippet of time is when they're on stage so especially at a national level where like the competition is very high i think it's very important to see your client's physique on stage under the lights with the tan how it moves what it looks like and then what it looks like against the competition because you can look at a comparison shot you can look at the worst thing is like looking at someone's individuals and then trying to surmise why they place that way because you don't even know what their physique looks like next to someone else so there is stock in all of those things but i really do agree amy i think there's huge value in being in person at the national shows to see what it's looking like live And then to be there to talk to the judges Um, because I think everybody can have their individual opinion, um, but really what it matters matters is what the judges are saying. So taking stock and talking with them, I think is uh, invaluable information. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. I think too, just like watching who wins their pro card and like who gets the top five and watching their routines and what their physique Mm -hmm. looks like. It just helps you when you see it live and in person. I mean, you can look up up on mpcnewsonline.com and look to see who the winners were. But like you said, it's a whole different, you know, thing to see them under the lights and to see how they move against other people and things like that. So good points. Well, that, um, you know, that's our 30 minutes, but man, I feel like this episode was fantastic. You did a great job of, Aww. you know, um, sharing with everybody just w- your heart. Um, I think it's very evident of like how you take care of your clients and you recognize and respect their uniqueness um, in giving them and delivering upon a unicorn prep um, because that's that mythical, magical creature no one can find, right? So mm-hmm. we they find their unicorn I think with you when they come to you for uh services and um so so that's really important to me that you you know really are are such a good um representation of what the glam girl mission kind of like what we were founded on and 
So well, I thank appreciate you so that. much. Thank you for your kind words and thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, I, it's a huge honor to be able to give my heart to people and thank you for all the listeners too. Um, you guys are like so supportive. You provide like a safe space for um, us to share. So again, it, I really appreciate the opportunity, Amy. Absolutely. So if you would like to find us on Instagram and let us know what you thought of this episode you can find us at prep life podcast or at glam girl bikini on instagram and you can apply for your unicorn prep with chris nicole at glamgirlbikini.com just hit the get started button and hit the drop down and request chris nicole um as your unicorn leader so um with that Chris, did you just want to share your Instagram handle? I always put it in the show notes, but just so that people can find you and reach out to you. And if anything that they, that you said today, like really resonated with them so they can share, you know, their thoughts with you in the DMs or story sharing. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to me at Chris Nicole underscore IFBB pro. Um, You can send me a DM with any messages. um, And then if you you want to get together for posing, uh, really just reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Well, with that, this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, everyone.